It's like mainlining. We just got another order. Yeah. Damn it, I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> Why did I do it? Alright, I'm going to say words now. Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We're your hosts. My name is Chris Elphick. And I've got to go put a boiling pot of water on the stove. Alright, I will pass. <laughs> I think we should roll with this. Man, Shit. what do you think about water in the 90s? Okay. Fluoride. What about fluoride? Like, that was like a big concern in the 90s, I think. Like, people like, oh, they're putting stuff in the water. This is a really good preamble. I really, really hope Connor leaves this in. Even this part. Pots of water. How about pots of water? Okay, this is, this is stagnating real hard right now. All right, I've lost it, but like... There was some good shit for a while. All right, Connor is back. Should we from, leave that in? I think we should over? leave that in. Uh, Connor is back from putting water on. Uh, this week we are doing November 25th to December 1st in 1994. Shall we take it away with the news on November 25th? All right, Kazakhstan thanks US on uranium. Officials in Kazakhstan expressed gratitude today to the United States for taking control of some 1,300 pounds of enriched uranium, but they sought to emphasize that the material had not been at risk of theft or diversion to a dangerous pattern. The Clinton administration and its officials have said that they arranged the transfer to the United States because they feared that if the material was left in the former Soviet Republic, some of it might find its way to Iran, Iraq, North Korea, or some other nation. Kazakhstan, Kazakhstan, you very nice place. I think it rings true for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are the second largest exporter of potassium. <laughs> oh God. Borat. Other countries make inferior potassium. It's true. All right. Uh, moving on to November 26th. Five die in botched oil theft. This happened in Lagos, Nigeria. An oil pipeline apparently being cut by thieves erupted in flames, killing at least five people and destroying three acres of cocoa trees, police said Friday. Four people were injured. Uh, that's interesting. You said that very cheerily. Five people died. That's unfortunate. But four they people were, were only injured. Okay, They I get were it. thieves, so, yeah. you know, they weren't... They, Clearly, we're operating outside of the law. Fuck those guys. Four people were injured. That could be worse. Speaking of things that could be worse, November 27th. Little smoke, little tar, but full dose of nicotine. Faced with shrinking markets and mounting attacks by anti-smoking groups, the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company plans to market a cigarette next year that produces little smoke or odor and no ash, but contains as much nicotine as a regular cigarette. The company, which has spent about $500 million in the last decade developing the low-smoke cigarette, is gambling that such a product can bring new life to the industry. Hmm. Hashtag vape nation. I just want to know if they have a cigarette that does all of these things, especially the no ash. The no ash is really what got me in like, how good is this for you? I don't know how much smokers are thinking of their health, but mm. um, I'm sure that I'm sure someone's tried to introduce a healthy cigarette, like a low, a less deadly cigarette. Probably. This one only takes three and a half minutes off your life. Yeah. November 28th. Uh, yeah, dark, dark week. Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial killer who sexually abused, tortured, and cannibalized murder victims in the 1980s was clubbed to death in Jeez. prison by, by a fellow inmate while cleaning a prison toilet at the Columbia Correctional Institute Gymnasium in Portage, Wisconsin? Yep. He was serving several life terms for the killing of 17 young men and boys over a 13-year rampage of necrophilia and dismemberment. Uh, I've never actually really looked up Jeffrey Dahmer. It's, and it's grim. Clubbed yeah. to death, though. 
Yeah. That's dark. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, this is one of those things where it's like... You deserved it. Kind of. Like, I know... Kind of. Like, I don't like Most condoning... Certainly. I mean, I don't like condoning murder or, like, prison justice or anything like that. But, like, I kind of don't feel bad. No, I don't feel bad. All right. November 29th. Seoul, Korea celebrated the 600th anniversary of its founding. We'd like to take a brief moment to recognize that South Korea takes video games far more seriously than North America. We have... So much to learn. Oh, yeah, that is a societal shift I would like to see. Oh, God, that'd be cool. Then again, I'm not much of a gamer. Me either, but it's, they're fun. November 30th, Alaskan Railroad, which lacks a direct rail connection with the rest of the North American Rail Network, brings a 700-foot-long rail grinder to Alaska by ship at a cost of $1. million to service the company's tracks. Not gonna lie, we don't get a lot of news out of the Wikipedia article uh, this year in rail transport, 1994 in rail transport, so I decided to throw them a bone. Mm -hmm. This one's for you, 1994 in rail transport. Uh, also, the NFL announces the Jacksonville Jaguars will become the league's 30th franchise. This is very cool because I'm going to see the Buffalo Bills play the Jacksonville Jaguars tomorrow. Oh, no way. That's who they're playing? That's who they're playing. That's uh, serendipitous. It is. Yeah. Also, how do you feel about, um, what is it, the the Knights, the NHL, the new NHL team? Oh, in Vegas? Yeah, the Golden I'm fine Knights. with it. Mm -hmm. I Actually, I really like that the NHL is the first major sports league to actually put a team in Vegas. Oh, Every, yeah. Everyone else is going to be doing it too. But it's nice that Canada got in there first. Canada being the NHL. The, yeah. Hockey's Canadian. Hockey's, Everybody yeah, no, I do it. feel a sense I do feel a similar sense of pride with that. It's weird that they only added one team. Like I thought they'd add them in twos. But I guess not. This, even with the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's not like it was paired with another team. I don't know how sports work, guys. It's okay. What are sports? In closing out the week with December 1st, the Game Show Network, a network devoted to broadcasting classic game shows 24 hours a day, debuts. In less important news, the Home and Garden Television Network debuted. Well, you're not down with HGTV? Nah. Whoa, HGTV. I just like saying HGTV. I've never it, watched it, HGTV. It does roll HGTV off the tongue. HGTV is for you and for me. Oh, that's a rhyme. Yeah. So that was the week that was. Let's jump straight into the box office at the number one week. spot. Holy shit. I love like this is this is a, this is a great week. Mm -hmm. Number one, the Santa Claus. Yeah, Tim Allen. He was the sauciest Santa Claus. He was. He I was. love that movie. And like there's so much there's so much Tim Allen in that. I never really saw the sequels. But this uh, one... Santa Claus 2 is okay. It's, yeah. it's the first one. It's all about the first oh, one. Oh, yeah. Although, this is the seventh one coming in at number two. We've got Star Trek Generations. Uh, as far as an odd number Star Trek goes, this is all right. I like this one. Oh, yeah. It's the meeting of, you know, Kirk and Picard. Yeah, that was um, cool. There's a little bit of horseback riding in there. Yeah, Malcolm McDowell, yep. which is great because that's something that Shatner is into. He was into short, uh, horseback riding. I don't know how much he does these days because he's... Like, 95. He's 80 something 80 something I think yeah. 85 yeah but he's still super active like Shatner is active on Twitter like yeah I don't know I don't like that I'm about to say this but I actually had to unfollow William Shatner I love William Shatner he is one of my favorite he's starred in my favorite film franchise tweets movie all franchise, the time all though the time. it's obnoxious yeah. the way he tweets is just it was too much yeah, uh, I'm sorry Bill Can't. I just have to check it I just I'll just check him out once in a while can't do it yeah. uh in the number three spot we get interview with a vampire also a good movie at Ooh, four we've got junior Arnold another team up between Danny DeVito and Schwarzenegger god bring them back yes Hollywood Danny oh you know what was a really nice fact that I learned I think this happened a couple years ago but you know how uh, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman split up? Yep. They reconciled. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That makes me feel good because I was I was kind of heartbroken like, when I heard they split up. Are they back together or I just think they're on back together. good terms? I think they're back together. Okay. Well, that's yeah. good. 
I hope so, because, like, I was hurt on, like, a personal level. And <laughs> this affected me in the following ways. It did. Um, at the number five spot, we get a low-down, dirty shame. Cool. Uh, more importantly, though, at six, we oh, have yeah. the Lion King. After 17 weeks, at, like, in theaters, it's just dropping out of the top five by the look of it. Uh, moving down the list at seven, we've got Stargate. Yep. Um, that spawned the very popular Stargate franchise, which I will one day watch. Not a fan. Really? Not into it. I'm mm. um, an eight, though. A classic Macaulay Culkin movie, The Page Master. I have this Sega game. Yeah, they made a Sega. They made a Sega game for a long time. They back sure then, did. And that was cool. Uh, moving down, Miracle at thirty four. Miracle on thirty fourth Street, the nineteen ninety four remake with Mara Wilson. That's okay. I don't actually think I've seen it, but I assume it's awesome because Mara Wilson's in it. Ooh, we also get Pulp Fiction. Ooh, you glossed over number 10, The Professional. Oh, I, I accidentally skipped down. Yeah, that uh, Natalie Portman's first role. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so then after that, uh, we get Pulp Fiction. Yeah. We get Forrest Gump, which is one of my favorites. I can't believe we're listing off this many movies. It's right? just a good week. And then uh, not really a numbered list, because I imagine it was a very limited release. Yeah, and Clerks from Miramax. Yeah, we've got Clerks, and it, it did all right. I mean, mm -hmm. it's at... $285,000 considering it cost Kevin Smith like twenty five grand to make. Yep. This was the beginning of a pretty good career for him. And closing out the list, uh, the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, yeah. That is a pretty damn good week at the box office. Yeah. Will music hold up? Oh, I'd absolutely not. Oh, good start. At number one, <laughs> I said that before opening the list. Yeah. At number one, we get On Bended Knee from Boys to Men. I actually listened to it this time around, and it's a solid song. At so. two, we get Here Comes the Hot Stepper from... Any camos? It's a Any good song. You'll know it if you hear it. I cannot describe it, but I, it is a good, like when you hear it, you will know what it is and you'll be like, oh, that song, that's pretty good. At number three, we've got Another Night by Real McCoy. We've talked about that. We have, and I've actually got around to listening to it. I, this is a classic 90s song that I really like. Oh yeah, I know um, this one. Ooh, um, another Boys to Men song. Yeah, number four, we get I'll Make Love to You. This is, I think, the Boys to Men song that you think of when you think about those boys on their transition to men. That's true. Uh, and then at five, we get Always by Bon Jovi. I hate Bon Jovi. Yeah? Oh, I can't stand that man's music. <laughs> I could totally see where you're coming from. Do I like Bon Jovi? Do I not like Bon Jovi? I don't know. I'm not like, I can't really take a firm position because like I'll, I'll rock out a little bit to, Oof. I don't know, living on a prayer or something. Fair enough. Um, moving down this list at seven, we get All I Want to Do by Sheryl Crow. Spoiler alert. It's have some fun. Oh my God. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, <laughs> I had eight Creep by TLC, which we've covered. Oh, yeah. Moving down this list. Ooh, Tootsie Roll by the 69 Boys. Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Otherwise, though, there's not a lot going on here. Yeah, this is a kind of weak week. Ooh, we get, this is way down at 32, but Be Happy by Mary J. Blige. That's all right. All right. You know what? I think that's a good message to, uh, to end on. Be I'm, happy. I'm down with that. All right. Uh, what are we moving on to next? All right, let's jump into 90s news now. All right, guys. Jesus Christ. So, uh, if any of you are, have liked our Facebook page, facebook.com slash stuck in the 90s podcast, we posted a link to a YouTube video of Smash Mouth's all-star, but all the words are some or buddy. Uh, it is heinous. It's hilarious. It's the very The top funny. comment, uh, at the time was 
the internet was a mistake. <laughs> I and saw that too. That's uh, that's kind of fair. We're gonna maybe we should post five or ten seconds of it like right now. Somebody, 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 somebody. All right, so you guys probably just heard that atrocity. Uh, moving on. Those of you who have Snapchat. You may have noticed this, but there's a Mrs. Doubtfire filter, so now you can be Robin Williams as Daniel Hillard, as Euphigenia Doubtfire, <laughs> trying to per- put out your burning chest, which is on fire. I thought that was really funny. That was good. Moving on from that, sort of. So I didn't know how to spell Euphigenia, so I googled it, and it led me down a very interesting path, and I'm going to take a moment to talk about the house from Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, it's not really that big of a deal, but all of this blew my mind, and I was super excited about it. It's it's cool. We're on the same page. Yeah? You're into it? Oh yeah. This all is right. good. Okay, I'm glad, I'm glad I'm not alone with this. So, as we know in the movie, when Sally Field is giving out interviews uh, to Robin Williams exclusively as different characters, <laughs> when talking to Mrs. Doubtfire, she gives the address to come for the interview for the Hillard residence as 2640 Steiner. Most movies give completely made-up addresses or ones that point to a random warehouse or an an in-joke to maybe where the writers like to eat lunch or something. I assumed my whole life that this was the case with this. It was just something random. Not only is 2640 Steiner Street a real address, but it is the actual address of the house they use for the exterior shots of the movie. That's really cool, I think. Not a thing that typically happens. Yeah, it gets better. Okay, so usually when you're filming a movie or a TV show, the production will very rarely actually film inside the actual house or building unless it's a reality show. It's just not feasible to get a camera crew, the correct lighting, and everything to shoot just in all that into a house to shoot quickly or efficiently. So what they do is usually construct sets on, you know, studio lots and things like that. And Mrs. Doubtfire was no different. What is mind-blowing to me is the attention to detail that the uh, set designers put into the construction of these. They are so much modeled after the actual house. Earlier this year, the house was actually put on the market for a price of $4.45 million. Worth it. It's in, well, it's in San Francisco, so that's not surprising. Which means there's a real estate listing full of pictures of the interior of the house. There was a website that I found called hookedonhouses.net, and they do a really good comparison from scenes from the movie to the actual interior shots from the real estate listing. Uh, the house was obviously decorated differently and has probably been updated several times uh, in the past 20 years, but you can definitely see the striking similarities to the house and the sets that they used for Mrs. Doubtfire. It is incredible. The site... Uh, also has a link to the listing of, and it has a virtual tour of the house, so you can kind of see what it's like to live in the house of Mrs. Doubtfire in 2016. We'll probably pop some links up, links onto our Facebook. It sold for $4.1 million. So my plan of starting a crowdfunding campaign so we can all buy the house and have a non-stop dance party to House of Pain's Jump Around might have to wait a little bit. Might have to. That's yeah. a pretty cool story, though. Yeah. Speaking of crowdfunding campaigns, boom! Sponsorship segment, middle of the episode, we're we're doing it live. Stuck in the 90s is proudly presented by Cockadoodles, a very adult activity book. Guess what, podcast listeners? Some of you have bought this, which is actually really cool. However, we were contacted three days ago by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, the CBC, to write an article about us and the coloring book. Uh, And so Chris was at work. I did an interview with this fella. And half an hour later, there was an article about us 
on a national Canadian news website. That's a thing. That's a thing. A very funny thing. And so what happened is very quickly our coloring book got in front of a national audience and we went from having raised what? Fifteen hundred dollars yeah. three days ago to being almost at four grand as I speak. Yeah, that which is, is very exciting, very crazy. There are people all over Canada and now into the U.S. who are buying our coloring book full of wieners and making jokes online about it. This is the best. Yeah, we've even got some hate mail. We did. We got a, a couple different, couple different hate messages. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, we I got this is, this is less so. This is less a sponsorship segment than a little update on our side project, just because you guys were some of the first people that heard about it, and I think the podcast really made the book happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So at this point, I think we have six days left in our crowdfunding campaign. Yeah. Our, our initial goal was to raise five thousand. It looks like, fingers crossed, we should hopefully hit it. It could probably. actually happen, and we want to thank you guys for just being along for the journey with us and so, those of you who bought it that's awesome so yeah cockadoodles is in its final days of crowdfunding you can find us on facebook obviously if you google us you'll find us there we're on indiegogo that's where we're actually selling them if you wanted to get a couple copies of it or one copy of it before christmas we highly recommend doing it now because it looks like we might actually run out of copies that we're guaranteeing before the holiday mm-hmm. that is yeah that that's actually very possible yeah uh so shout out to all of you for just bearing with us through this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we now love you guys. back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Yes. We will be moving on to this week on. Every week on the podcast, we pick an episode of Seinfeld, Friends, or The Simpsons that we think just really stands out. This week, Seinfeld wasn't on, and I got to the episode of The Simpsons and didn't even bother looking at Friends, which I'm pretty sure had yet to premiere at this time. So this week, we bring you uh, Simpsons Season 6, Episode 9, Homer Badman. Homer and Marge attend a candy convention and hire Ashley Grant, a feminist graduate student, to babysit Bart, Maggie, and Lisa. At the convention, Homer outfits Marge with an oversized trench coat and is vigilant in smuggling out as much candy as possible in her pockets, including a rare gummy, Venus de Milo. Oh, the gummy de Milo. It's so funny. So that night, Homer searches for the gummy Venus among his smuggled goods, but is unable to find it. Marge reminds him to take Ashley home, and Homer grudgingly obliges. As Ashley is exiting Homer's car, he sees the gummy Venus stuck to the backside of her jeans. Homer innocently grabs the candy, and Ashley turns around to see Homer drooling lustfully at this piece of candy. Misinterpreting his poor tact and drooling as a deliberate sexual advance, Ashley runs off screaming in terror while Homer gleefully eats the gummy de Milo. Precious Venus. <laughs> so the next morning, an angry mob marches on the Simpsons' lawn and claims that Homer sexually harassed Ashley. The crowd refuses to listen to Homer, who was trying to tell us out of the story, and after continuing to be the focus of uh, media attention, Lisa and Marge suggest Homer videotape himself telling the, his side of the story to go on air on a public access television cable TV show, but this fails. Ultimately, Groundskeeper Willie saw Homer's speech and arrives at the Simpson home with a videotape of what happened the night Homer took Ashley home. Ashley and the media apologize for labeling Homer a monster and, you know, happily ever after. Yeah, um, this is actually a kind of bland uh, plot summary of a really good episode. There are some great things in here, classic moments. Uh, obviously, the gummy de Milo is so funny. super good. We've got... Just, Just everything the, at the see convention. See you in hell candy convention. The yeah. Molotov, no, the, I guess what, makeshift grenade that he makes out of the pop rocks and soda. Yeah. Yeah, that's super good. The whole rock bottom bit, sweet, sweet can. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's, this episode. That was this episode. Mm -hmm. And it's a super solid episode. If you haven't watched The Simpsons in a while, check this one out because it's funny. Yeah, that is a great one. Mm -hmm. Moving on to our 90s spotlight. This week, we would like to talk about, I think, something that we we both hold fairly near and dear. And I assume many of you do, too. Sure, why not? This week's 90s spotlight is on the diversification and widespread acceptance of fandoms. So we've talked a little bit about how nerd culture has very much come into its own, especially in the last 10 years with the proliferation of technology Mm -hmm. and access to other people who like the same nerdy things you like. Yeah, and the 90s, I think, were the decade where this started to become okay. Yeah. If prior to the 1990s, if you were into fandoms, if you were a Star Trek nerd, a Star Wars nerd, you were pretty outcast. But I think growing up, most of our friends, we were all at least into into Star Trek or Star Wars or something Harry Potter. nerdy. Harry Potter, video games. I mean, this was all stuff that I think we grew up and there was at least some acceptance around it. And this all started in the 90s. Well, we were also kids at that point. Yeah. So it was acceptable for kids to go out and get the latest video game system or oh, yeah. whatever. Video games were for kids back then. Yeah. and um, But the, I mean, the but, games were also very childlike. They were very cartoonish. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I mean, Star Wars, Star Trek, these weren't exactly kids things. Star Trek especially. And that true. was still not overly accepted. You were still kind of a nerd. I was definitely still looked at as a nerd for being into Star Trek back then. I think that's where i don't know the seeds were really planted and now we've got tons of fandoms and they are widely accepted or just at the very least there and they're separate too usually i think back then if you found someone who was into star wars or star trek you probably had a bond with them because they were into that different outsider stuff compared to you Mm -hmm. i think nowadays you can be divided on very similar nerdy things some people are really into doctor who some people are like fuck doctor who i only watch supernatural and then there is the overarching super hulak who are into all three of those things and for some reason like to lump that together i don't get it but Hmm. it's accepted it's very oh sherlock sherlock's the third one yeah that's I don't think you said Sherlock. I, I didn't mention it, but okay. it's in there. Yeah. Sorry, that was literally me just cluing into what was happening. What, Super Hulak is? I thought, as soon as you said Super Hulak, I started thinking about it, and it took me that long to figure it out. Yeah. No, they're actually just into, uh, <laughs> they're act- it's actually people who are into Supernatural, Doctor Who, and the construction and maintenance of canals. Oh, they're into locks. locks. Yeah. Smart. Fandoms are cool. Everybody's into shit. And now it's much more of a thing to be kind of separated into those groups of, you know, anime fans and like based on individual TV shows, it's very easy to connect with those people. Yeah. And I think that makes for a much more enjoyable experience. It's nice. It's nice to be able to watch a TV show and then pop on the subreddit and talk about it with other people. You know what I think is a really cool aspect of it? What? Like when you go to something like Fan Expo or Comic-Con, like Mm -hmm. if you wanted to buy something related to Star Wars or whatever in the 90s and and prior, you were probably buying officially licensed toys and games and, yeah. you know, maybe like a movie prop or something like that. You're and now you get... stuffed, right? Yeah. Right? yeah. And now you get so much handmade... Etsy stuff. Everything. You can get Star Wars anything. Oh, yeah. And you can even make your own stuff. I mean, you could in the 90s, but... You can make and sell your own stuff. Like, people make a really good living off of making, like, like perler beads. Talia yeah. makes those. But like, uh, one of our sponsors, The Geekery in... Uh... 
Yeah, that's a that's a perfect example. Yeah, they have a business making really cool stuff. Uh, shout out to them for being awesome and listeners of the podcast. That's true. And this is something that may have been a lot less possible in the 90s, which is interesting that we're talking about that on a podcast about the 90s. But it had its seeds there. It had its roots in the 1990s. I think that's when things started to shift yep. to become more acceptable. And that's why we're talking about it. We really came around on that one. Oh, yeah. I think we uh, I think we made it work. We we shoehorned this. Sure into did. that decade we love. Speaking of the 90s and the present day, how about we talk about something we are very thankful that didn't exist in the 90s because it was just American Thanksgiving. So what are we thankful of this week? This week, we are thankful that no one was walking around talking to someone on their cell phone using the speakerphone function in public. Who are these monsters? I've run, I ran into three of these people today, three separate people, three separate instances while in public, walking around, having a very loud conversation, holding their phone a foot away from their face. It makes no sense. Why do you do that? I'd like to see if there is a logical explanation. Maybe you have a reason that is justifiable and we'd love to hear it. I hate it. You really hate it. I hate it so much. Yeah. It's, it's just so rude. You've got a real look of pain on your face. Yeah, I'm not a fan of doing something like that. I don't think I would unless I really had to. I certainly wouldn't be carrying a day-to-day -day conversation on it. If my earpiece broke and I desperately needed to contact someone, yeah, maybe I would try to have a very, very short speakerphone conversation. Get headphones. But I really, like, I don't even like talking in public. Like, if I have a... <laughs> I mean, if I have a phone call, I generally kind of like to pull off to the side. Like if I'm on the bus or something, which I don't really take the bus anymore, but I wasn't a fan of having a full phone conversation. I don't like speaking in general. And quite frankly, this podcast and its creation is painful for me every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to turn things around for a second. Yes. And I want to talk about 2016 for a second. Oh, yeah. This year kind of sucks. Sure does. Don't you think? Yes. I want to do a little something. For the last four weeks of this year, this is episode 48, right? I think so. I want to do something for the last four weeks of this year to just take a step out of the 1990s and into the present. This year has sucked, but I want to focus on something good that has happened that didn't exist in the 90s. I'm flipping things around. This is thankfully this year because I frankly think we need it. For our very first edition of Thankfully This Year, we'd like to talk to you about Cockadoodles. It's a coloring book. That was a joke. We're not going to do that. For real, though, you know what I want to talk about? And you have no idea what I'm going to talk about. No, this is this all is... new territory. You didn't put it in the notes? No, I didn't. I, I thought about it, but... We're pulling an audible. All right. What? That's a football thing. Okay. I want to talk about OK Go music videos. That was oh, not a thing in the 1990s. That's true. For the past decade, OK Go has been making very creative music videos. Have you seen that new one? It was really cool. Yeah. Like the, the four second thing, video? Yeah. The whole video was filmed in 4.2 seconds and then slowed down to make up the three, four minute song. And they've done, you know, the thing on treadmills. They've done just the very elaborate dance routines. Oh, the Rube Goldberg machine? Yeah. That was a good one. And in all the things that have gone on this year... It was really nice to just spend a couple minutes watching these guys make music. Yeah. It was really cool. And that was something we didn't have in the 90s. Okay, go. And I just want to take a moment to think about that. Um, that is a good one. Yeah. And we'll be back with three more things that we're happy about in 2016. But for now, we're jumping back to the 90s. What do we have left? 
Nothing. We've got the sponsor. We uh, we've got the we've got the closing bits. So All as right. always, you can find us online at stuck in the nineties podcast.com. If you want to drop us a line or be a ten dollar sponsor, we haven't had one of those in a while, you can shoot us an email at stuck in the nineties podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, we are stuck in the nineties podcast. I believe that's the same for the Instagram. Oh, On yeah. Twitter, we are at SIT nineties, sit nineties. We've been pretty flaky on the Twitter and the Instagram lately. Yeah, we've been it's, focusing a lot on the coloring book. All coloring book all the time. Early next year, we will be probably back full force yep. in the in the social media, and we're probably going to start with the uh, with the collaborations. I think we've been really lacking on that, just because this ha- the coloring book's been consuming all our taking over our lives. So we've got hopefully these people are still interested, but we we contacted a whole bunch of people who are interested in doing interviews with us uh, with a you know a pretty wide range of of topics to oh, discuss yeah. too. We're so, going to be getting guests up in this. Yep. Uh, so that's just something to look forward to. You know what else there is to look forward to? What year we'll be doing next week? Ooh, next week we will be doing December 2nd to 8th, 1991. I Whoa, think this is... you wrote is, it down? I wrote it down. I believe this is the very first time, episode 48. That we've thought to do that? That we thought to write down the next episode. You know what we're going to be doing next? Writing down the list of uh, all that stuff, like facebook.com slash duck in the 90s, because that being said, we're getting pretty good at just saying it. It's burned into my memory now. All right. So we will see you next week in 1991. Is that the year Home Alone 2 came out or is that 92? Oh, I don't know. I think it's 92. We'll find out. But we've only got a couple weeks left. That's true. We'll see you next week, guys. For now, the the podcast podcast is now over. over.